0: This is exactly right.
1: (laughs) Are you leaving? Tell us all about it, were you scared or was it fun?
2: Uh, with Karen and Chris. Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgareff. Hello, Karen.
0: Hi, Chris. I was just swimming. I was uh, just swimming.
2: Nuh-uh. Yes. My Are hair, you serious? Yes.
0: I have wet hair. Do you have wet hair? Is that I what mean, you're about to say?
2: I drove home and during that time it, it, it dried a little. But yes, it's still wet. Guys,
0: we need you to know that Chris and I did not join a swimming class together. This is pure
2: Nor COVID coincidence. Nor did we coincidence. plan that we were both simultaneously swimming. We were doing synchronized swimming, and we didn't even know it.
0: What were you doing? I was doing a lot of the frog. What you- I, felt
2: I like I was a frog doing the stroke. uncontrollable but not <laughs> useful Frog it's better it's better for my hips right it's it, like you're doing all
0: four at once but you're really making your upper thighs get you somewhere yeah right? and
2: it's really my arms doing all the work but it's uh yeah I gotta do those frog kicks and yes I everybody wearing- gets
0: a chance the yeah. arms have to work hard but the legs they're there they're, they're there trying and I don't
2: ignore them and I was wearing flippers and my snorkel and everything it was just a <laughs> it was just an hour ago.
0: Guys, swimming kismet is one of the more exciting ones I've ever experienced on a podcast. I don't know about you, Chris.
2: Now, <laughs> you, what you don't know about me is that I, and I'm just going to be open about it, do not know um, what the word kismet means. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it means. We have to bring our guest in. I know she'll know. Yeah, we, it, we're it's kind of like a guest, fancy... So we,
2: we do a little riff beforehand, and and that is concluding. <laughs>
0: How would we do it like this? We'll set it up almost like one of those um, electric company word game setups where I'll say what I think it means. And then Sarah can come in with the correct definition, because I think it's like a fancy writer's way of saying fate.
2: OK, and so I'll start it by simply restating, uh, re-asking, what does kismet mean?
3: Synchronicity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it is There she is, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest <laughs> for
0: today, Sarah Schaefer. We had her back in and then turn around. Yeah. That was amazing.
2: Sarah is a very, very funny com I don't know if I've well it'd be weird to just tell you I like your comedy <laughs> voice. The way well, you, you tell your jokes. <laughs> Agreed. Uh she is a... I
0: like your jokes, but I wish you didn't say them that way.
2: <laughs> I, right. Yeah, I've never said that. You have, it would but be no, so much funnier if voice. you would just say them differently.
0: Could you say it faster? Faster <laughs> and sexier?
2: Sarah is a podcast I'm sorry. I machine. totally...
0: I t- t- door stopped that compliment. Chris, jump back into <laughs> it's it. I'm quite, so it's
2: okay. I, I'm just leading up to... She is quite legitimately... And it's gone viral at this point. And it was just I think something you started doing during quarantine, but your miniature comedy club has blown me away, <laughs> yeah, uh, every Thank time I look you. at it, it is and i when i everyone knows I'm into that, and I bought a kit, and I spent time on the kit, and I customized it. Sarah made hers from scratch. she made the walls, she uh, <laughs> made the furniture, she made the tiny joke books, she made the neon little sign and I yeah was a ama- and I it made me want to try that because lighting with miniatures is my favorite thing. But your comedy yeah. club, the hall And it's ha- based hole. on a
0: real place, right Sarah? It's a real green
3: room. <laughs> I mean it's real in that it's a con it's a uh what does a songwriter say? It's a composite of oh, yes. all the boyfriends I've ever had is who oh, this God. song is about. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah the green room is definitely a, a composite of like green room tropes very much
2: it. though it looks but it's like so real
3: movie. looking to so many people that i've i've heard oh that's the green room at whatever club and i'm like UCB. I, yeah i didn't yeah. really model it after one but it was like the essential green room yes. um but yeah no i I've, I've been into miniatures and dollhouses and stuff my whole life but i never really had done a lot of making i'm more it's more of a collector and it wasn't until the quarantine hit that i renovated my childhood dollhouse and that kind of started me off on the path and then I started a new house which I got a kit and started like customizing it but in the one I started that I was like oh what if I made a little comedy club and then that took over and the house is just like in a pile in the corner right now and I'll be getting to that later so
2: many people were sending me that and I was like this is amazing and I did not realize you had made it I, I was I even gave it repeat viewings. How do people look at it just on your Instagram?
3: Yeah, I just posted pictures of it on my Instagram um, and uh, my Twitter. And I mean, if you Google it like Sarah Schaefer, ha ha hole, like you'll find it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I'm so embarrassed that I, that I thought it was real. So many people <laughs> did. Some people yeah. were like, Sarah Schaefer opened a club. I'm like,
2: oh, my God, <laughs> no. for tiny people. No, there's no one in it. I make dollhouses. I don't play with dolls like, or book dolls. I would rather dolls. die than open a real comedy club. <laughs> well, I mean, such an
0: uphill battle from Jump.
2: Yeah. It's just so funny that we were making miniatures at the same time. I, know, I, I dare I say sent... a kismet situation. Yeah, yeah.
3: it was. Like, <laughs> hello?
2: Someone broke in your house?
3: I just got really scared. What I With think thona? it was my air conditioning turning on, and the the door got sucked closed a little bit. But I'm like home alone for the first time in a really long time. Like my husband is traveling, and it really scared me. What? Sorry. Do you want to check? Do you want to? I'm just take gonna a look second? at the door.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, if it's any consolation, yeah. we you witnessed my dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: That's all it was. It was suction. Okay yeah good but because i Chris had the headphones there. on it was like because you know what um when i'm podcasting my husband will sometimes come in the bedroom and i'll hear that same noise and so i was like oh scott wait scott's out of town <laughs> 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 okay anyway karen you oh, can tell karen, her what i, I didn't said. follow your advice um <laughs>
0: Sarah, as you stood up to check the door, Chris goes, the
2: good news is at least we'd have it on film.
3: (laughs) I know. We'd catch it right away. My point
2: being, (laughs) if a terrible thing's gonna happen, at least it would be we'd have have
0: hard evidence, right? Yes. Um, Don't have to rely on us for descriptions.
3: It would be honestly my greatest honor would be, you know, for you guys to cover it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh absolutely yeah. um uh anyway <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> i'm very jumpy um, oh no, that was exciting um but yeah i i people were thinking it was real and 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 chris i didn't know you were into it either until someone or when that came out people were like oh chris fairman they were tagging you yeah <laughs> and then i was like oh my god i can't believe we've never talked about this before and the people that were
2: showing it to me, I don't think they knew you were a comic. They didn't know we were intertwined yeah. in it. That's a weird, weird connected in any way. There we go. <laughs> uh, and it, like I said, it took me a long time before I realized you had made that. It's just really a cool piece of art. Thank you. Very. Have, yes. have you,
3: um, when you kind of come out as someone who's into miniatures, what ends up happening is everyone sends you every miniature thing they see. Yes. And I just, I, I'm like happy about that. But I also am like, you think the algorithm doesn't know me? <laughs> you think the algorithm, like, you know me better than the algorithm. Like, I've already seen it 10 times by the time you send it to me. <laughs> oh, I
2: know. I know. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's exactly what I always have. i just gotten new- any Anytime there's skateboarding that involves it, I get sent this. I'm like, I don't. Telling anyone, oh, I've seen that and I love it. I'm just like, wow, thanks. I just yeah. want to give them the credit of uh yeah describing something for me. It takes less energy too. But
3: yeah. <laughs> right. Be like, I already saw it. Like well, that's kind of a dick thing to do. I don't do that, but like
0: what what was your first dollhouse situation? Like how did you get introduced to this world as a child?
3: Um, well, my older sister had a dollhouse and then I guess probably when I was like eight years old, I got my own dollhouse and it was like unfinished wood you know like i think it was a kit my dad had like put together the night before (laughs) um a lot of glue was visible (laughs) and um but it was like this three-story tutor you know i was in my younger in my early childhood i was very fortunate to have access to toys like that um and uh they it was like really elaborate and I was just became obsessed with it. All my allowance money I would save up to buy pieces of furniture to go into it. And I never got around to like finishing it. And so it was just this I just kept it in storage or at my parents' house. And then they sold my dad sold the house and it was a very long story, but I ended up getting the dollhouse all the way to LA and just had it stored. And then in October, my husband and I moved to this new place and we had like a little shared garage space. And I was like, and we didn't have space to store it. So I was like, okay, I got to do this now. And so I (laughs) got into it and I got really obsessed. I mean, I put shingles on it and did all this stuff and ended up, I ended up giving it away, but it was like just the, I wanted to finish it after all these years. And it was really rewarding. I saw that. Yeah, I just
2: had forgotten about the house before your comedy club. I forgot about you acquiring that old house and fixing it up. Yeah, so you're a lifer. You've done this for years.
3: I have, but I mean, it didn't go into the level of obsession that it has until until I had all this time. Because, you know, once you start making the stuff and like really creating things, it just... Is very addictive. <laughs> yeah. I,
2: although, I, I do have a house kit, and I bought bricks and little bags of cement and cinder blocks. I was going to add a little DIY skate park on the side of this house and make little ramps, and I just kind of... It's sitting here. I don't know what... I've been going outside.
3: Yeah, it, it, I've been in that... Things opened up, and I have been traveling and you know having that experience so uh, but i feel that it i I know that at some point i'll be drawn back into it
0: yeah it's like you have a puzzle table like how rich people have puzzle tables in the corner (laughs) where you can just always have your project you just know it's waiting for you when the time is right or Mm -hmm. when the when it goes back to that vibe because i bet it was so satisfying like i really do love miniatures and looking at the detail work because then you know the people like doing miniatures, and they like a lot of times the things that they're making miniatures of, right? Mm-hmm. You'd have to be interested. So it was just so clear. You have stood for hours upon hours in in comedy club green rooms. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's a green wall. It's a black leather couch that looks like it's from twenty two years ago. Yeah, it's this. It's a mini fridge. Like it was so clear and perfect, and that's so enjoyable. Of like, this yeah. is what it's like, right, everybody.
3: Well, it becomes very contemplative, contemplative, um, where you're like thinking about, I got really like deep into thinking about comedy and my place in it and like getting really metaphorical in my head and like, aren't we? No comedy club is big enough to handle (laughs) the vast array of talent out there and who are the gatekeepers i mean i just and i got stressed because i made like this wall of little headshots and just being that kind of gatekeeper for the my own creation my own fantasy creation stressed me out to the point like i had some people text me like mad that they weren't on the wall Oh no. my and I was God. like uh, I can't. i not like trying to be trying to be um, jokey, um, and I'm like, I know you're upset. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I was like, this is too much responsibility. I'm really glad I'm not a booker. I don't ever want that job. But um, <laughs> you it, get canceled on social media yeah. for the fake
0: headshots on your fake yeah. miniature wall. That'd
3: be amazing. Yeah, it was a whole. It really made me think a lot about comedy and and uh, my place in it, and it was just a very transformative creative project. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: nice do you have plans for a next one
3: yeah um well i i i did a live show in the club um like two weeks ago and that was really successful and it was very very fun and i like made dolls out of the comedian like real comedians so like Oscar um uh uh okaska did it and Patton oswalt and i made dolls to look like them as much as I could. The options are really limited. And um, when Crystal Adams Did was you another comedian. animate them
2: or they no. just? No. So
3: I put them on a stick. And because like I built the club without thinking I would do something like this. So yeah. I, I had to like, I had them on a stick and they would be like moving around. And my husband is a director. Specifically, he's done a lot of comedy specials. So he knows how to film stand up. So he was like, he made it look like there were multiple angles, like it would cut to the close up <laughs> of the comedian and then back. And I had little audience members. And so people zoomed in and the comedian zoomed in and would do the voice. And it actually was really cool. Like, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if there's enough interest to do it again. Like, was it just an experiment that people wanted to see, but like a lot of people came and, um, I, it made me go like, what else can I do with this? Um, so I'm thinking about that. (laughs) I, if this is a
2: show pitch, I have green light. I mean, there's so many, They've over and over. They've done comedy and animated it. Uh, there's yeah, there's been so many shows to actually have little dolls of comedians. And if you could, you know, do clay stop motion mouth lip syncing and yeah. actually do a Wallace and Gromit comedy show, I, know, I would be. It would be both of my worlds exploding and making me so happy. Yeah. I want it to happen. There's enough interest
0: here on the show. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
2: I will do anything I can. I like to sculpt. I will make little Pat and (laughs) small faces, because that was the first thing I thought, too. Right now, I have a little Dodgers player in my library grabbing a book instead of catching a high fly. I just don't have a lot of figurines or dolls, but I've, I've been wanting to do a little old man like just to practice animation. I've never done it. Take yeah. little pictures of a guy reaching for a book or mm-hmm. a librarian type. Well,
3: now they have apps and stuff that, like, make stop motion so yes. much easier. It's still very time consuming, but, um you know, like, uh, my six-year-old neighbor made a stop motion movie with the <laughs> iPad. And I was like, oh, God, we are so far in the future now that, like, that is something that... So, I mean, I... I- but do was it! it good? I want to
2: see it. <laughs> yeah, but was it good? Like, give us your honor. <laughs> She's funny? not here right no. now. I
3: mean, she had to really work on the story, but uh... <laughs> yeah, she it's... needs to punch it up. Yeah, they
2: they never get the three act thing. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is really true, though. The idea that it's in people's hands, um, like the the ability to do things that we couldn't do twenty years ago, and making things like this terrible pandemic a little more livable, and mm-hmm. maybe kind of then a little more interesting you know like like i I didn't know that about chris and then i'm kind of like and i didn't know it about myself because actually yeah that's right when people send me miniature things it's my favorite thing to look at like that's cool
3: right and like i think one thing that people like about miniatures is um it's fantasy and it's cute and it's also wonder and magic that like we don't really have a lot of. And one of the things that people, a couple of people said about the the show I did in the club, they were like, because it was really, they were like, it was so analog, like, because I just had them on a stick and was moving them around and it wasn't stop motion animation. It right. wasn't high tech. Mm. And they were like, that felt so soothing and comforting in this world of very quick, fast moving, high tech stuff. Especially after the pandemic where everyone's Zooming and everything's innovative and all this stuff. And they were like, it was just nice to see something that felt very homemade. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, thank you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, very. It's 2D. Yeah. yeah. Even the show I did that was like it was a a Sims like video game and they made an icon of you. But you're just in a room and people look at that instead of stand up. And people love that. They Mm -hmm. love watching a visual that isn't just our ugly mugs. (laughs) Yeah. My uh,
0: anything to change Zoom because yeah, I sort of got it is just it's torturous, it's so awkward. My timing is always off. I always have wet, weird hair. It just is like it's <laughs> yeah. a real trial and tribulation. I think
2: I'm even confronted by the fact that we're getting good at Zoom. I know our <laughs> timing. Is
0: confronting. Yeah.
2: yeah, what are, are once we're back in the car? Will we even be able to do this? Be some, too much freedom.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll have big, long pauses that we don't need, even though we're sitting right next to each other.
2: Chris, just so scared to talk at the same time.
0: (laughs) It's just how it is. Um, Oh, I was just going to ask, what's that Tony Collette movie?
3: Hereditary.
0: (laughs) It's one of my favorite movies. Is it your favorite?
3: Well, I love horror and um, it's amazing and I mean, I know you do too. And I I, I like went um to see Hereditary because I knew I liked that filmmaker and I knew I loved Tony. I saw the preview and was like, oh my god, this is gonna be so good. Yeah. And we went to the like opening day movie theater and uh I didn't know that it had a miniature element to it. Mm-mm. And so the movie star, I'm already so excited because I know <laughs> it's gonna be good. And um, And I heard, had heard it's really scary. And I'm like, I don't like it if horror movies aren't scary enough. Yeah. So the very first scene is the dollhouse stuff coming up. And my husband said he looked over at my face and I was just like,
2: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Here so we go excited.
0: the true child inside came yeah. out of like, oh, yes, everything I just, I love
3: God seeing it in the theater it was so fun and I just loved it. It, it was only so and I have no
2: complaints about I love the movie. I just at the end it's like, hey, it's the devil the
3: end <laughs> I, mean, I want no metaphor <laughs>
2: when when the, the the sweet and bizarre. Have you seen those, that girl and her sister, their singing group, by the way? The actress that plays the little girl, they do uh, YouTube it. It's, it's very, uh, I've rewatched it. They are, they are, they are, <laughs> it's, it's eerie. It's these two little girls that sing okay. in unison. But anyway, when her, like, she's beheaded and then it's happening in the miniature world, I'm like, Somewhere where in the that... movie does the miniature world dictate what is happening or is t- Tony Collette? controlling what's happening. I, that to me is a movie that I wanted to see happen and it wasn't happening. And then when it was just like, Oh, the devil. And I'm like, Oh, the thing that doesn't exist. Ah, the devil. I love the movie but I didn't want it to just be the devil I wanted it to be Wait
0: the devil doesn't exist but evil miniature houses with people in them do
2: I want I believe in magic not religion oh,
0: My apologies my that's me. that's on me
2: I believe uh... in the dark arts <laughs> Not just it's Satan. Well, you'll love to know that Satan invented the dark arts. No, oh, no.
3: It's his project. Well, a lot well, of people took it over and they're way more talented than Beezle Bub. <laughs> <laughs> well, I read an interview with the director and I can't remember exactly what he said, but he talks about why he decided to make the ending uh, literal as opposed to metaphorical and i remember finding it very interesting like oh yeah he's like at the end i didn't want people to i don't remember what he said you'd have to look it up but um i the whole time i'm like this is a... i'm i'm like every movie is about grief every yeah. horror movie is about grief <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and this one really gets into grief and yeah
2: and that part i love yeah yeah
3: and i loved it and then at the end i was like oh it's also about the devil. <laughs> See,
2: I was like, why all that miniature work? All the, the great job of filming all the mini and then it we didn't just pay off. It a, yeah. It's, it's just- because
0: all the work you both do on miniatures hails paymon. And you have to admit <laughs> it that you're you're doing it. You're doing his bidding. <laughs> That's right. In the miniatures. You know, I was gonna tell you guys my I think I've told Chris this before, but um, sarah when i was like seven or eight my dad for christmas made my sister and i uh, uh, a dollhouse using stuff that they had used in our house so like the kitchen in oh. the dollhouse had the linoleum in our kitchen oh, and the I carpeting every room and he di- and he was telling the story like my sister and i of course went insane and were obsessed with it um and the other like the last time i was home he was telling someone else someone someone else the story and uh and he was like kind of going yeah we tried to throw this thing together it was a rare, it was so sad and my sister and i both were like what are you talking about that was yeah. our favorite toy of all time He was like oh, really? We're like, that was like the Christmas. It was like a house of our house.
3: He was holding it to a higher standard than a child (laughs) would.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly.
3: My dad and I did the
2: same thing. I got into it because of just making models of little cars, Mm -hmm. and then I got into like making war scenes and melting little soldiers and pools of (laughs) blood and and putting snow and all the mud was tile grout, and I would enter it in the fair, and one time I got this blue ribbon, and I I was all excited, and so my dad and I made a train set with a tunnel, and the train would go through the tunnel. It was just paper mache, but there was trees and ice skaters and a little loading area, and it it was one of the best memories of my life, and I remember my dad giving it away at a garage sale because (laughs) he was frustrated that the train would derail in the tunnel. He just couldn't handle it. And he thought I shared the same frustration. He cast it out. And one day it was gone. And I'm like, where's this train set? I want to put it above my bed like Arthur Bach. (laughs) And and, You know, what a great way to wake up. At 8 a.m., or let's be honest, 9 a.m., a train goes off and little bells and whistles. I always thought that is just... your butler comes in. Yeah, just Ricky Schroeder, way to wake up. And then it was gone. It was gone. I think given away for free. I guess I'm kind of mad at my dad about this, you guys. <laughs>
0: <It> sounds <laughs> like you need to make a phone call.
2: I will. A lot of stuff. It is sad going-
0: though that he thought like throw all this out because some technicality. That like just for one second think about how a kid looks at stuff like yeah, this. Yeah. I don't give a shit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We peeled up the mountain. We resoldered the tracks. We or <laughs> he did it all, and then we. <laughs> glued it back down and then because the train was going and then we put the tunnel back on it started derailing it was i think it was his frustration we just gave it to a (laughs) a a neighbor kid or something
0: (laughs) well you know we should change the subject because sarah wrote a book and i bet you'd want to maybe talk about that a bit sure a hint sure it's a memoir it is uh, i believe it's pronounced
3: yeah (laughs) <laughs> questioning that decision even after it's been out for a year <laughs> no i i um my book is called grand and uh it's kind of like a i guess the easiest way to describe it is like it's a funny wild <laughs> and it's like me going into the grand canyon on a trip uh with my sister and then I like flashbacks of memories from my life and um you know i i uh very proud of it and um i i think people like it the ones that have read it and i i like love that i've written a book because what i found is that it lasts forever and like people will see me and they'll like people i know will be like i haven't read your book i'm sorry and i'm like good save it because yeah. <laughs> i love getting the feedback in a slow drip because, like, I'll still, you know, now it's slowed down a little bit. But, like, you know, every week or two, every couple of weeks, somebody will be like, I just finished your book and I loved it. And it's like, oh, this is still right. coming back to me. Because you do put so much work into it. You need yes. to have a a longer period of people experiencing if it. If you and do whatever. A,
2: a set on Comedy Central or have a stand-up anywhere, it lasts yeah. for two weeks and then... yeah. You're on to the next thing. You're like, I thought that would fulfill me in some way, but it's over already.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. At
2: least a book lasts. Yeah.
0: Well, and also you put some, I mean, especially if you're writing about your life, that is like a special kind of level of work where you're being, you're exposing yourself while being entertaining. Like you're kind of delivering the goods, but also you have to be vulnerable and real it's it's a tall order and
3: it's a it pulls a lot out of you so oh my god I felt like I was sick like yes <laughs> I had to be taken care of during it because it was just so I was just sharing things I'd never shared before publicly I was dealing with just my personal issues with my family and like you know everything, and it was so intense and like I really don't even know if I fully understand the healing that took place, like even if no one ever read the book, just the mm-hmm. process of writing it and sharing it with my family um really really uh was like I've already said this word once, but transformative i mean like it yeah. made it lifted up some things that I had been keeping inside and was afraid to say, and some of it i just was shocked that I was even afraid to say some of it, you know? And then was like, oh wow, because like, people be like, oh my God, that part you wrote about, that must have been really scary to write. And I was like, oh no, no. It was the part <laughs> that no one thought was scary that I was like, oh my God, I have to admit that I'm like insecure about my career. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. And they're like, but you talked about all this other shit. your divorce and you don't know. No. But yeah. Um yeah. It was really uh, a, an amazing experience. And, you know, so I've been starting to people have been starting to ask, like, are you going to write another book? And I'm like, I know. I <laughs> don't is. think so. I spilled the beans already. Maybe one day, maybe if something really cool happens, that it just demands a book. Like, oh, I, I died and saw heaven for 30 <laughs> seconds. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. yeah I got to write a book about that. Yeah. Those- Please
0: write that book, Sarah, because. The- <laughs> Instead of it being like a child, you know, like as dictated to their, you know, <laughs> yeah. brain surgeon or whatever, it's like, oh, Jesus's face came to me, <laughs> but it's just you. Yeah. Just be like, hey, look, I have this story. It's kind of like a dream, but I saw God anyway.
3: Yeah. yeah. You you guys can figure it out. Uh, but here's what happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Glowing lights. You yeah. Know. You know the story.
2: Yeah. Everyone says the light thing. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something to it
0: gotta be yeah yeah
2: i believe in god just not the devil karen
0: <laughs> i know we won't try to make you believe in the devil on this episode we'll, <laughs> That's i'll stop whole shoving thing. it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting did you see there was a netflix series about um
2: oh it's like after, called
0: afterlife and stuff
2: yeah i i i died for a minute i can't remember what it's <laughs> <I> called but <laughs>
0: Yeah, there was a lady who died for like 7 minutes in a kayak, like flipped over and like they brought her back Ooh. from like complete water death, like fuck kayaks, There's a
2: by the there's way. There's also <laughs> Just Fuck them. Chris. Sorry.
0: So many strong stances on this episode. You know what?
2: And you know what? Canoes can canoes can suck it too.
0: No. Yeah, all the skinny boats. You're, you heard me. You're, bo- you're blowing up all our careers,
2: not just your hey, own. Hey, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I don't like to boof it down the waddle- waterfall, you paddlers.
3: <laughs> sorry.
0: My only point was, yeah. sorry to retell a TV show, but on this TV show, there was a little kid, and he, he's now a teenager who is clearly uncomfortable about it, but when he was a kid, He was convinced that he was an agent from Hollywood from the 40s and 50s, and he knew people's names and made all these references, and they checked it out, and he completely knew this man's, like, personal, specific life. There's a couple things that he said that his daughter checked over the answers, and she goes, no, he never had a blue card, and then the aunt shows up and is like, he had a blue card when he was a teenager. Like, oh my god! It's so mind-blowing. That's it's so, so fascinating.
3: There are some things that you're like, how do you explain that? I don't. Yeah. They just, I just saw a headline on a news story the other day that was like a little, a three-year-old uh, said he was, a woman was talking to him like at some campsite or something or whatever. And they're like, he had all these details and it's the exact description of a woman that went missing there. No. And no. my first thought was, she's alive! <laughs> <laughs> she lives there! She's yes. hiding, and she went up to him and was like, hey, little boy, and then ran back into the woods. <laughs> but Don't tell anybody, saw ghost. me! Uh, that's, the stuff like that, it's, woo! But was
0: the story framing it like the, the three-year-old was possessed by the missing woman or something? No,
3: that he had, like, been seeing her <gasps> and, like, talking to her. Oh, Yeah. Like, just... You know, and a lot of times these stories, then five years later, you find out that the parents coached them <laughs> or yes. told them to say it or whatever. But some of it is hard. You can't explain.
0: On its face, though, that's a great story. Yeah. The lady. That's like the great opening of a horror movie. Is it like really is. Three-year-old that's like, but the lady. <laughs> it's so good.
2: My dad was working in a Montgomery Ward's. Uh, changing tires in, I think, the 60s. And someone called in. And my dad doesn't believe in anything. He's always been kind of atheist. Even as he gets older, he's not become spiritual. And I love that about him. But he, God bless him. When he was yeah, Or whoever. Uh, may the light <laughs> magic bless him. Uh, someone called in and said, I, I want to pick up my truck. Uh, I had a truck repaired or something. I don't remember all the details of this, so he, like, wrote it down, and then he had to find the guy's name and call, and he called, and a woman answered, and she said, my husband had a truck like that, but he's been dead for 10, 15 years. And my dad was like, well, then who called about this truck? She's like, well, that... the truck's been gone forever. I'd I, He never... And I asked him to retell the story and he doesn't want to talk about it. But when I was younger, he told me that. And its it was I'm not doing the story justice, of course, but he
0: had like a real ex- a weird experience that he over knows was the weird.
2: phone. Yeah. And there was no explanation. And because there's no explanation and because he's not a spiritual person, he kind of just doesn't want to talk about it because it was <laughs> scary as shit. Yep. Yeah. 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 Is my truck done yet? No ghost call, <laughs> ghost <laughs> down. No, chill down your spine. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. I Ooh. have to ask him the details. My my little anecdote. What it started so well, you know. As uh, no, I the- believe
0: in. I believe in Mister Fairbanks's experience. I, you know that like that. Sh- it happens. Yeah, That's weird shit happens all the time.
3: Yeah, for us to think that we know the full extent of human experience is so naive and ch- and like egotistical yeah. to just think that oh well we've got it figured out we know that that doesn't happen and that it's like do we really know <laughs> Exactly. Do we or are we very scared about
0: what we don't know and so yeah. we need to make up these things to make yeah. ourselves feel better. It could never happen. Okay, great. Then you must feel so relieved.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about aliens.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> I can't either. They're
3: scary. They're they really and when it comes to horror movies, um, I like ghost stories, uh, that are really scary. I like, you know, I like pretty much all of it. I don't love like, uh, just gore for the sake of gore, like Saw
2: and like yeah, Final Destination. Have stuff you seen like Marianne, that. Sarah? No,
3: it's not oh like God.
2: that. Watch it right when we're done. It's okay. French. Watch it in French. It's so I've talked about it so much. Everyone's probably tired. But a lot of people have watched it and heard me talk about it. Uh, and then they watched it because of the podcast. It's scary. And it is in that hereditary way. There's no jump scares. It is just eerie. And then it goes off into backstory of this girl and her friends. Now I'm
3: wondering if I have to. I don't know. I'll
2: it, check it out. Um, it, it it will melt your face off. It's so scary. <laughs> I've watched it multiple the times. Movies, it's a The series.
3: movies that scare me the most for some reason are ones involving aliens like um dark skies i was like up you know when someone sees a mouse and they get up on the furniture like (laughs) get it away that's how i I was like no (laughs) (laughs) like i was like screaming losing my shit i really think aliens are scary and i'm not talking like alien the movie alien i'm talking like close encounters type stuff The concept, Uh, the concept of that alien head shape with the skinny (laughs) arms really
2: just everyone. Yeah. And why is that always the shape? Why is it always that oval with (laughs) a chin that comes to a point?
3: Because, Chris, and this is why I'm so scared of it, is growing up, I guess I saw some unsolved mysteries or some shit on TV about alien abductions and I just became convinced that every time I saw a light out the window that it was time and I was like going to get sucked <laughs> up. And uh,
2: I always thought it was Santa Claus Rudolph. Yeah.
3: <laughs> You're yeah. so sweet. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but anyway, that alien shape is what people see in their abduction um, experiences. Yeah. Um and that is a and they've like done studies where it's like the human brain will concoct similar shapes and things um but what if it's because that's what people actually (laughs) saw
0: well (laughs) i hate to do this now uh in the same way that i know for a fact chris i've mentioned this a thousand times I'm truly obsessed with the show ancient aliens. I know that it is absolutely like racist and reductive and insane where they're like, who could have invented this where it's like the fucking Incans, the oh, Mayans, yeah, like the it pyramid, happened.
2: The pyramid thing is an offensive. Yeah. Yeah. But, but these there's other people- Yeah.
0: But yeah. what, what some of the things that they're trying to pull through are fascinating, which is like their, you know, um, the elongated skulls that they have found around the world. That are, there was skull wrapping in Egypt, like Tutankhamun's skull was wrapped in elongated and his sister's. And that was like a a trend or whatever. That was, it was all the rage. But (laughs) then they've also found ones that the bone is thicker than normal human skull bone and it can't be drilled into and this and that. So like. I love that show for the you're pure, freaking like freaking me out it like une- the unexplained aspect of those things where it's like yes most of what you're saying is total bullshit and just weirdness yeah. but there's just little things here and there where you're like ah, we don't know we just don't know yeah and that I don't want to know if it's true please leave me out of it
2: yeah leave let's, me be. let's deal with the problems right in front of us you guys
3: Yes. Which <laughs> but are Maybe what we need is a common enemy to unite us. <laughs> yes, yeah. Right. You're right.
2: The virus isn't working anymore. Let's go. aliens All right Oh, right. uh, I just tried us.
3: that. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. They did kind of try
0: to bust that like with that. Was it 60 minutes that story about there that there's proof or whatever? That that they actually the F, um was it the Air Force that went on record of saying that there are definitely UFOs.
2: Yeah. Wasn't the the, wasn't there supposed to be breaking news coming up real soon? Didn't they find? I mean,
0: they tried to do it, but I feel like (laughs) as almost like as a globe, we all went, no, we're not. We can't do this. (laughs) Like like, we're
3: not. We're not interested in month
0: eight of COVID. (laughs) No, we're not doing this.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's terrible timing for alien news.
3: No, can't. Yeah. Please don't make me.
2: Yeah, wait till I'm bored. It work. would suck
3: if you were an alien and this was your time for your article to come out. <laughs> finally, big <laughs> article, your big article, this your, big, article, your big profile. Yeah. You thought it was going to come out. They're like, eh, it's just not the right time. <laughs> sorry. I was
2: I'm always sorry. thinking <laughs> what a terrible time for aliens if they'd visited Earth during quarantine, because no one would be walking around. We'd all seem really rude no one would shake their hand everyone's just touching elbows they'd really get a bad impression of humans i think <laughs> yeah not now yeah no one was night nice. they all had like a they wear cloth on their mouths it's just was lame i don't like earth let's go and what are they up to
0: you know what i wanted to ask you sarah and you can absolutely tell me if you don't want to talk about this because we didn't light it i didn't run it by you but do you ever miss doing daily live television?
3: Oh, okay. Well, do you mean Nikki and Sarah? Yeah. The MT- yeah was was it, MT? it was week. It was weekly. Oh, but sorry. It, and it was live season one, and then season two, we we pretended it was still live. <laughs> but then they were like, "It's too crazy doing it live because we couldn't get any guests to come to the studio at eleven p.m. Right. Um, yeah. and so we kind of did more of a traditional uh, late night. Live to tape, where it was essentially live, but um, it was um, a great show. I remember whatever job oh, I had you. at the it time, was... we watched
0: it. I think it was well, whatever we watched. You guys and were like the the live aspect. I was obsessed with it because that's such a roll of the dice, and rare. you guys handled it like it was really, really enjoyable and entertaining.
3: Thank you. I mean, it was like I. I mean, I miss the 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 whirlwind of it all. I miss like the money and i'm
2: (laughs) and they all do you miss that all when i because i went and did your podcast and you and nikki were working and you were in our office i was in that office and i was like oh my god i i was just made ner i was nervous by just how much pressure was looming over that giant office yeah
3: it was really stressful like i don't miss the stress of it but i miss like you know it was a very exciting And what I missed the most was the creativity of it and the collaboration and just getting to make something that I really loved Mm -hmm. that I really miss. And I'm like always striving to get projects going that recapture that feeling. Yeah. And the people that worked on the show were all still friends and it was just a really good group of people. And, um, You know, we had so much fun and we didn't know what we were doing and live TV was really, really scary. I mean, I'll never for the rest of my life forget that first show and them counting down. Yeah. To going live and <laughs> in, in the TRL studio in Times Square. <laughs> like, I could not have ever imagined something so insane happening in my life. And, um, wait, can you tell it, us what you were thinking as the guy was like in five, four? Three. Right. So, like, we had done a rehearsal and, um, that was all fun. And then, like, we had planned, like, Nikki and I, you know, we came out in bathrobes before we were in our full wardrobe to greet the audience (laughs) and say hi and like get them dancing and like saying you know and i was like so choked up the amount of screaming and my it just like when we came out i was like oh my god this is electric and then (laughs) we go backstage and like we get all dressed up and it's just like i mean i am just fully adrenaline pumping and like she and i are like uh, staring we did this Wonder Woman pose thing where <laughs> you stand and like and we was, you know stared at each other like confidence pose. And that works. That really works for it people. It does. Yeah. I mean it really and you're it like does. and we were stand we were in high heels and like it was the prettiest I've ever looked in my life. And you know like <laughs> um and it just you know we went out there and then we're standing behind the desk and you know it's uh there's people running around and you know and the guys doing that Five, four, three, and I'm right before they'd start the countdown. Nikki leaned over and was like, "Do it for Van." And Van was this really high up guy at um, Viacom that we had never met that would give notes, (laughs) and we were just like, "Whoever Van is, do it for Van." (laughs) That's what she said, and then like we said that every week from then on, we would go, "Do it for Van." um, That's so genius. And then, like, you know, it starts, and like, you know, we had a couple little flubs, you know, with lines. And like, I think Nikki cursed or something, said shit or something like that. Live. And MTV was like, do that again. (laughs) It was so exciting. Did they have like Like, a radio
2: delay? Did they have like a radio delay button? Where they? I,
3: if, I think there was a five second delay, but um, because we were past the you know in the beginning of the Jimmy Kimmel Jada Jackson
2: nipple. Jimmy Kimmel was live. Jimmy Kimmel live was live like that first year or two, and it, no comedian did well on it like that. It is also they had you come out on a catwalk to the right of the stage, so the audience had to wrench their <laughs> necks to look at your profile, or they just ignored you. And I yeah. Before I went out, they're like, well, Super Dave Osborne's going a little long with the mystery box, or whatever they were doing. Can you do less time? Some guy, stagehand, asked if I could do less time, and so I did different jokes than I told them I was going to do, and, they, and I came out, and they're on cue cards. I was so young and dumb, I didn't realize that this was a bad idea, and they bleeped. As soon as I went off script, they didn't just bleep... They bleeped entire sentences. My my Jimmy Kimmel no. said it's just beep. So it looks like I'm just going fuck shit cock fuck <laughs> balls. It but that I would wasn't make me I, love you. It, it, and so I thought it went well. And then I went to a bar with my friends to watch it because I of course didn't have cable and it just looked like I lost my mind and swore because <laughs> they did have a delay button like. I'm. I love that MTV was like, no, say shit again. Oops.
3: I mean, you know, they were like, obviously, don't do that a lot. Yeah. But like, they loved the like, we're going to get in trouble type vibe. Yeah. Um. And they were, you know, some of the what ended up happening is we had to tape a lot of the interviews with celebrities and stuff ahead of time because they wouldn't want to come. And so, you know, it was mainly me and Nikki being live. Um. And uh. You know, I don't remember anything happening that was like, oh fuck. You yeah. know, I mean, we were so rehearsed and um like prepared and we it was such a good we had such a good staff, but like also we had between dress rehearsal and the show, we would sit there and change the script so much that it was really stressful like to then get your head on and go, okay, we're not doing it that way anymore and yeah. we're you know i look back and i'm like wow my brain was really that's probably why I, I loved it so much is because like everything was being stimulated and challenged and how long you know. did you guys do that we only did two seasons we had 25 episodes total See, that's and that's um, not even we, enough time to, to
2: figure something yeah, out I mean, you're probably figuring it out
3: that is a lot but well it's so at the time we were like, that's not enough time for us to figure it out. You should have, can- you shouldn't cancel us so quick. Yeah. But now I'm like, we had a million episodes compared to <laughs> most shows right. that get like six. Sure. You know. Um. But we we also did a lot of other stuff for MTV on air, and so it was just a lot in one year, a lot of experience, and um, um, just s- such a good time.
2: Is that? Did Scott work on your husband work on? I don't know Scott, but
3: um he didn't work on it he was like you know we always talk about how that was a really good time in our relationship too when we're trying to be like how do we get back to that you know (laughs) like because he was like we were a team you know he was like supporting me through it and you've been
2: with him for a decade how long have you been with him
3: 10 years 10 years yeah i guess a
2: decade look at me yeah (laughs) (laughs)
3: happy anniversary uh, is
2: what i meant to say (laughs)
3: Well, and then he he sold a show a couple of years ago with Rory Scovel, and wait um, the one the Robbie I love Robbie, yeah, and he's done. Scott directed all of his Rory specials and things, and and so wow, um, like he had his turn to have his like big dreams come true, and um, so I was like, it was just a like you know we're starting to realize how rare those moments yeah. are. And no matter what happens, even if it doesn't last or it doesn't go the way you thought, like how to appreciate them and and how I was literally before we were recording, I was working on my own podcast, the Shaper Shakedown. Check it out. Um, Shaper Shakedown. Shaper Shakedown. I was working on a little audio sketch, which will hopefully be out tomorrow, but about the three easy steps of selling a TV show. (laughs) It's not that easy. <laughs> like, I go through all like step one B, one C, one D, one E, and, like it keeps going, <laughs> like because I think people think it's a much simpler process than it is, and um, and also just how many steps there are that things can go wrong, and it's part of why it's so hard. Yeah, to get one on, and it's air.
2: usually right in the end. No. I
3: mean, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie was, uh, Rory and Scott show went all the way. You know, they got picked up. To series, they shot the whole thing, and then Comedy Central was like, "We're, we're not sure." Oh, <laughs> and they were like that's what? why
2: I I just watched it on YouTube. But I, to me, it was a yeah. comedy. So There's plenty of reminders. Yeah, they
3: they premiered the. Um, I mean, nowadays, what difference does it make? Like yeah. they premiered yeah, it on exactly. the channel. Yeah, and then they put it on YouTube. That's nobody how they do watched, everything now. Yeah. Nobody who watched it cared, but. Financially it would sure. suck because there's union stuff that comes into play where like if it doesn't air on TV, you don't get as much money. Like a like, second fuck. second, third, or fourth check. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. just YouTube. But oh yeah, man, so. it was so good. Everyone was I loved Thanks. that show, yeah. I, I am mean, like, tell, thank you. It
1: was my tell creation. Scott. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you.
0: But that, <laughs> that thank you, me. That thank you I was. I co piloted that room. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love Scovel He's so funny. funny. Um, oh, yeah, Sarah, will you, mm-hmm. and I know this is a total like Aunt Carol thing to do, but one of my favorite bits of all time. Oh, is I know story- what it is.
2: Uh, do you? Yeah. Because ni- i tried to actually. Thing? No. Oh, I thought you were going to make her scream. Okay. Sorry. <laughs>
0: no, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Sorry.
0: No, it was, it's uh, the story you told. I saw you tell it meltdown one time about the time that you uh, had to go to the bathroom and line at the grocery store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. The story is basically, long story short, I had to pee so bad that I was like, it's so, I've never had to pee that bad. And um, I thought I, and this is what makes the story so funny, is that I thought if I let a little bit out, (laughs) that like. Just like, you know, because I explained in the joke, like women, you know, a little bit of pee comes out like all the time, like when you sneeze or you li- <laughs> like a couple drops come out. Like men don't really, I, I don't think they experience that the way women do. And, um, oh, my so I goal like, just is let a little,
2: always yeah. make my sister laugh till she pees. She's so easy <laughs> yeah. to make pee.
3: You just let a little bit out and then I would like thought I could stop it and then I couldn't <laughs> stop it. And so I'm literally, it, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I was paying. <laughs> And just peeing myself, like, and it was, and I thought, like, oh, it'll absorb into my pants, but it did. It went straight out the bottom of my pants. Like, I didn't realize, like, it just flows down like a hose, and, like, collected on the floor. And it's New York, so I, like, I'm so ashamed, but I just walked away and pretended nothing had happened.
2: Well, if you're peeing, you gotta start walking. You can't just stand in a puddle. Oh, that's oh. the best.
0: It's my favorite, wasn't it? In um, it was in New York, right? At one it of, was at, in uh, New York
3: in Clinton Hill, Christina's? like at this little um grocery store, it was the one I always went to. <laughs> and that's like the end of the joke. Is like I'm like, well, you know, in a way, and now it really was my grocery store because I marked it like
0: a dog. <laughs> <laughs> i just remember standing in the back of the meltdown i think because as a kid i was always like i always had to go to the bathroom my sister always had to take me to the bathroom peeing was always like a thing and just a person telling a story of like i really had to pee and then i just
3: peed well right that's why it's like i wasn't drunk or something and it wasn't like a crazy party (laughs) night it was like broad daylight like (laughs) and i chose to pee right there but i really was like thought i was gonna pass out like like after i've heard all these people's stories about how people piss themselves and one guy told me he goes oh i know what happens when you don't pee when you really have to you faint and then you pee no <laughs> yeah he said he he passed out all, like had a urinal one time like cuz he had to had held it in too long and he like fell down like as he was peeing <laughs> and he was like oh that's what happens Eventually, your body forces the issue. Oh my.
0: I would love it if you'd like lightly fainted to the businessman standing at the urinal, urinal next to his. <laughs> yeah.
3: Ah! <laughs> like, don't, not here. Not here. He's like, I know that happens when people see it.
2: <laughs> it's very impressive. I'm known to give people the vapors.
0: <laughs> so, Sarah, your podcast, it's basically you in this, clo- mm-hmm. in this uh, closet. Is this your main closet? Yeah, this is my closet.
3: These are my clothes. And Well,
2: <laughs> it's great for absorbing. That's soundproofing. It is. Clothing yeah. And works. I have a little like
3: Scott and I made a little makeshift desk that folds down and I have it all neatly figured out. But uh, my podcast is just me talking and um, it's mainly like stuff about crafting and gardening and like my hobbies. And then and then probably 60 percent me bitching about the comedy industry. <laughs> <laughs> People have become come to accept that that's part of the deal. If you're going to listen, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right.
2: Well, now that you're a booker, yeah, you got to. <laughs> yeah,
3: Now no, <laughs> no, these fucking comedians, that
0: ha ha hole, yeah, get in the mix right when we're done lineups.
2: In, right after we're done recording, I'm gonna see if I'm one of the tiny headshots. You're not.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh no,
2: it's okay. It's all I do, women. I don't do a lot of club work these days.
3: <laughs> well, it, it's mostly women, except two men. Who? Because who? it's not a woman's only club. It's just whoever's the best. Yeah, yeah. Who, um, who, nice one. Who? It's a who'd you put on the wall.
2: Who'd you put on the wall? It Had to be Carrot Top.
3: Um, it's <laughs> Carrot Top and Jeff Dunham are the two yes. men. You're it right. It is. It is. Oh, that's
2: funny. <laughs> that's you the got other it. guy. Yeah, you got to book the big Vegas guys. The big guys. Yes. yes. Well,
3: because like. I was trying to recreate the experience of when you're a female comedian and you go to a club and you look around at the headshots and you're looking, you're scanning for the women Yeah, and you only find like two and it's two women that you're like, I am nothing like her. (laughs) Like no judgment but you're just like or maybe some judgment but like um you're like (laughs) always judge oh that's who they chose as the token women i don't you just it makes you feel like you don't belong there because you're you're trained to compare yourself only to the other women and not to the men and so i just was like i'm gonna do this and then put two men and then make the men squirm when they go i've actually like experienced like some friends coming over looking at it and just being like giving me a blank stare when I tell them about who's on the wall. And they're like, (laughs) "I'm like, you don't have to understand. It's not for you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I always, it's kind of a bummer when you play the belly room at the comedy store, the only room I do there, but it used to be a a women comedian only room. And so all the hedge and you don't wreck, there'll be like Felicia, michaels or you know there's yeah known people but there's so many comics on that wall and it there's so many old headshots and it's really fun to watch but when i'm in there i'm like i don't belong here why am i this is like i don't know it's the yeah i don't feel like i
3: belong there either i don't i don't yeah know there. there's more to it than <laughs> just the headshots
2: yeah. yeah i just don't belong there because yeah, i think
0: it's all the murdered souls in the basement. Yeah, one yeah. of it's all the Don't murdered souls. Guys. None of us belong there except for Satan.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Satan. Let me, Satan again. let me go meet, meet Satan, swim Satan through all these to Joe Zay Rogan Knight, farts. Open mic.
3: Satan you gotta, does pretty funny women. You have uh, to impress, you have to impress <laughs> Satan or you'll never make it at at the comedy store.
0: Uh, I mean, Satan, he books the original room, but what I, I like his work in the main room because... <laughs>
2: yeah he, he yeah the original room kind of his alt room
0: yeah <laughs> um and what else do you want to plug sarah anything pressing anything you need to discuss with us before we
3: go do you um, need to well, pee i would say <laughs> you need to pee, you you know, right now yeah I, I i recommend peeing when you have to go um yes but Otherwise. yeah I check out my podcast shaper shakedown but i also just this is not related to me at all um uh, I recommend a document. I'm really into um, fungus. Like, I think that fungus, it will save the world. And it's just an incredible living organism. Um, and obviously millions of different species, but I'm really into gardening. And so I've been learning about fungus and like, that, you know, microbes in the soil and all this shit. And I read a book, Entangled Life, which was like very sciencey, very nerdy and detailed. But now... There's a documentary on Netflix called "Fantastic Fungi," fungi, however <laughs> you say it, and it sort of sums up what the book I read. And it's not the same people, but it's sort of the same thing. Where it's like shows you just a a, a real great rundown of all the magic of mushrooms, <laughs> and like from what they do for the environment to like um, how little we understand about them, and and like what the potential for them for our uh, well being and mental health are it's just i i've been preaching it because i just think it's so fascinating and cool um you and i'm does like microdosing
2: who doesn't, well hallucin- yeah microdose i've yeah. never done
3: shrooms but i'm like one i really want to but i know
2: people that claim to have gotten well from doing that oh that yeah no, they're, on lithium and stuff they're yeah. in
3: the final phases of the cl- clinical trials cool um for psychedelic drug treatment for mental health and i mean they're saying that it's so promising that it is literally curing ptsd yeah wow curing depression and those things and like you know um i i think in our lifetime we will see it it's already happening um but yeah i'm and like mushrooms can like get rid of toxic waste and they can uh like be part of uh, materials that are renewable. I mean, it's just in- endless. I-, I love them so much, and they are part of us. They're in our bodies it. right now.
0: That's a great. <laughs> and then she takes a huge swig of kombucha, <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I'll prove it to you. <laughs> and, and that's why I want you to check out Shaper's Booch. Shaper's <laughs> Booch.
0: <laughs> that's a double plug. She double plugged
2: God, I can't <laughs> wait that's to
3: a- try that booch.
0: <laughs> that booch. <laughs> well, I, I want to watch Fantastic Fungi. Yeah, it's, I'm it's like Weaver.
3: There's just one guy. Me... I will warn you. There's one guy who's like a big part of it. That by the end, you're like, all right, buddy, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but he's very there's... lovable.
2: <laughs> it just reminds me of the scene in Ghostbusters where Annie Potts. is like, do you have any hobbies? And he's like, I collect spores, molds, and fungus. And I always thought that it's was that guy. Different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that <laughs> guy. You're a <laughs> I love it. Thank you for um, being on our podcast. Thank you for sorry. having me. You guys are delightful. Yeah, great to talk to you. Nice I hope to see you. to see you again soon. We're all going to start doing comedy, right? Sure. After this third wave of <laughs> ska music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah thanks for uh, and yeah. Happy anniversary, ten years.
3: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah. thanks man thanks for remembering of course
2: <laughs> of course the, the the basket of fruit is coming <laughs> you've been listening to do you need a ride d-y-n-a-r a-r oh I stepped on your a-r I don't think I was doing that I'm sorry I was doing it like a backup singer A-R! A-R! are you leaving are
1: you on your way back home either way we Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim, give us a time and date, terminal and gate. We wanna send you off in style, we wanna welcome you back home. Tell us all about it, were you scared or was it fine? horn. Do you need a ride? 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 Do you need a ride?
2: Do you need a ride? Do you need a ride ride? Uh, with Karen and Chris?
0: Sarah, I'm going to count to three and we're going to clap on four. One, two, three.
3: Best clap ever. It really was. Doesn't
0: that feel good? It just feels good.